pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in. We are really happy to have you with us a Wednesday. We are in the middle of the week, one week after Nick Saban announced he was stepping down. It's just a little under uh, a week and short of two hours that he made the announcement to his team. And a lot has happened since then. A new coach and today some defections. Caleb Downs, the biggest one on the team that everybody was concerned about, arguably uh, one of the finest defensive players in the country as a freshman, is gone in the portal. Where will he end up? Is there any chance of preserving it? This is the list already. These are some of the top players who took snaps on the semifinal team. Roydell Williams, Bond, Benson, DeCorey Brooks. Look at those wide receivers. Tight end, offensive lineman. Uh, McLaughlin's already been gone. Caden Proctor went in the portal today. The, the top offensive lineman last year in the recruiting class. Caleb Downs is the big one, but he's not the only one. Let's talk about Auburn for just a second. Chief Freeze trying to put an end to some of the negativity in the media. About to hire Derek Nix, a highly thought of offensive coach coming over from Ole Miss. And Bama's hired another head coach from the group of five, Maurice Linguist. He will be the co-coordinator with Kane Womack. So a lot happening there. Greg Byrne will join us uh, in about 25 minutes uh, and we'll get inside the coaching search. How did and when did Greg Byrne begin the search for Kaylin DeBoer? And it's been a week and three days since Jim Harbaugh won the national championship. He's now interviewed with two teams, San Diego and Atlanta. Which job is better? Greg Byrne joins us, and Antonio Langham in the College Football Hall of Fame, one of the best-known Alabama players, played on the national championship team in 92, and J.D. Pacquiao uh, on the landscape of college football. A lot happening, and we uh, appreciate all of you being here on a manic Wednesday. If there has ever been one, uh, your phone calls are welcome at 855-242-7285. Let's start with Bubba, who is in North Carolina. Hello, Bubba. What's shaking, Paul? How you doing today, buddy? We are doing pretty well, thank you. Hey, I just want to make a couple comments about Caleb Downs and a little bit about the Tennessee situation. But uh, honestly, I think Caleb Downs may be the thread that gets pulled that unravels the whole jacket right here. Uh, honestly, I think they could afford to lose Jalen Milrow before they could this kid right here. He's uh, he he's not your average ball player. Uh, he's literally what was going to build their defense next year around. And uh, more players are going in the portal. And uh, the juggernaut that Nick Saban built, I'm afraid, is crashing to earth. And I'm not saying that uh, Alabama's not going to win any more football game, any more football games. That's ludicrous. But they're not going to be the dominant factor that they've used to be in the last 15, 16 years. 
Well, uh, I I agree with uh, a lot of what you said. I think Caleb Downs, I mean, Kevin Steele said before the season that Caleb Downs, who had not played a down as a freshman, was the best defensive player he had on the defensive side of the ball. That that is a... uh, that's a crushing loss. Now, you know, Cade Proctor is also a tough loss because he was developing, uh, and you know, he had to play as he had to start his first game as a freshman, and that's too early to play left tackle. But uh, he was developing into yeah. a really good player. Let me let me ask you this, Paul. Do you think Kevin Steele knew that Nick was definitely retiring when he retired? You think he knew Nick wouldn't be there next year? I think Kevin uh, knew that there was a. Uh, likelihood that he wouldn't be yes uh, if there was anybody yeah, on that I staff think, I, think, I think it's kevin Steele. i think he may have knew that there was a very large strong likelihood that that was the end of it but uh, I, i'm willing to bet you that you are 100 percent correct on that yeah i want to make a little comment about josh heupel he's catching a lot of flack about missing linemen in the transfer portal right now uh and some of his recruiting Josh Heupel re-recruited his O-line and D-line from last year. That that was his major win in recruiting this year. He re-recruited his his existing players. And that and a lot of people are saying, "Well, we think Nico can take us somewhere by 25. I think 24 is going to be the year because he's going to have an experienced uh, line on both sides of the football. Brew McCoy's coming back. Uh, they've added some good pieces in the receiving core. They've got a solid uh, backfield. I think Tennessee's going to going to flex a little muscle this year. I think you're. Uh, I, 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 I think by the way, fully, uh, Bubba, I, I think, think you're 100 percent correct. I think, I think they're fully capable of put, putting together 10 wins in the regular season and getting in, in the playoff. Well, and, and what you, you, hey, by the way, what you just said is what it's all about. It's not about being perfect. It's about getting in the playoff. Thank you for the call. Well done and well said. Cricket is in Mobile, Alabama. Hello, Cricket. How are we doing today, man? We're doing great. Thank you. Hey, look, now, now I've been a, a ball Santa for the last 25 years. Look, I love watching my Tide every fall, but now with Nick Saban leaving, we got all these damn players going to the transfer portal. And, you know, I mean, are we going to be the new Arkansas? And, I mean, hell, I'm even scared to play Mizzou next year. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, my advice would for, would be for everybody to calm down. Uh, and I know that's impossible to do at this moment because for about an hour today, uh, I mean, we were sitting around uh, the office just watching this in real time. Uh, and it, it felt like the whole thing was tumbling over. But But don't forget... Uh, you lose players, you can gain players. Uh, the portal is open both ways. And uh, I'm really interested to hear what Greg Byrne has to say here in about 25 minutes because he's at the epicenter. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I, I, I can, I see the panic. Uh, I can read the tea leaves, but I, would, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write this program off yet. Alabama has survived bad days, although today certainly would rank among uh, the more uh, tumultuous in a long time. Sandra is in Austin. You're on the air. Hello, Sandra. Hi. Um, I just wanted to talk about my buddy Dustin from the end of the show yesterday. I have a little bit of sarcasm with a bit of snark. Go ahead. Um, I, did, I, I didn't understand exactly why he was giving me such a hard time, and I record the show every day. 
just in case I don't get home in time or whatever. And I went back and I don't recall ever questioning I-Man's integrity or salvation. I just simply said he needed to get a new subject now that Nick Saban is gone. Here's where my snark comes in. Uh, Last time I checked, we live in the 21st century, Dustin. And to assume that I am a T-SIP just because I live in Austin, uh, you know, there's these things called planes and, and trains and cars, and people don't live within five miles of where they went to school anymore. I am actually a South Carolina graduate. My husband is a South Carolina graduate. Three of my children are, uh, three of my four children are Aggie grads. And so I think you may want to get your little facts there straight, buddy, because for you to come off like that and you have no idea and you call me that, that's ridiculous. I did nothing to provoke you. I said nothing bad about I man. Just get a new subject. So anyway, that was on my. Thank test. you very much, uh, Sandra. Good to hear from you. Uh, John is up next in Louisville. And another feud is born. <laughs> I mean, who had Dustin and Sandra as your big feud of the day? Well, who knew Dustin was talking to I man? You can't make this stuff up. Hey, Paul, I'm buying stock in Alabama. Um, just remember in the CFP, if you use the um, talent uh, star composite, number 25, uh, Washington beat number six, Texas. Number 15, uh, Michigan beat number one, Alabama. I think it's all about the coaches. I think he's going to do very, very well. So I'm, I'm really positive on uh, Alabama. Hey, uh, you opened the show with a bang uh, yesterday. Uh, Griff didn't disappoint. He, you know, he took the cheap shots as usual against uh, Saban and um, – Dabble. Oh, no, excuse me, uh, DeBoer. He made the outrageous statements he always does, like uh, they should have considered Dabble Sweeney and Mike Loxley. And then he made the exaggeration statement. T-Rob was the best hire since um, Kirby Smart. But what I was disappointed in is you didn't uh, get down on him about the dynasty, the three-peat, and whether he was sandblasting Kirby's face off the Mount Rushmore greatest coaches. On the other hand, I thought uh, it was an excellent interview with um, the, the, the uh, brat, and I think he can drive through Alabama again. But, Paul, I was going to ask you about two hires. The first one that really really almost shocked me was uh, Ross Briarick um, going to OSU, given what he did with uh, the Jimbo Fisher um, extension and also just the way he ran things over at Texas A&M. And the other one that I'd like you to opine on is um, – the hiring of Mo Lindquist, who, by the way, is a great recruiter. It seems like the rich are getting richer. They're taking a head coach and doubling his salary and making him a position coach and an honorary co-defensive coach. What's your thoughts on those two hires? Yeah, uh, John, uh, the Bjork hire, at, from, uh, remember, he was at Ole Miss, too, uh, during the Hugh Freeze debacle. Pat Forty did a, a column today on Sports Illustrated excoriating the hire. I, I, don't, I don't know what uh, Ohio State really wanted. I mean, I, I like Ross Bjork a great deal, um, and I think uh, he, has the, he has the credentials to be an AD anywhere in the country. Uh, if you can be the AD at Texas A&M, you can be the AD at Ohio State. We uh, take a break. More to come. We have a big show. Greg Burns, about 20 minutes away. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Greg Byrne coming up here in a minute. Really eager to talk to uh, Alabama's... uh, athletic director about uh, the coaching search and everything else. Jim is up next. Uh, hello, Jim. Paul, you ever, you ever heard of, I guess you've never, I, I doubt you've ever met or heard from a, a, uh, a Bubba from Tennessee that wasn't a, wasn't a PhD Rhodes Scholar. He sounds like a Rhodes Scholar. He's got such excellent speech, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. He'll put it from Tennessee, going to tell Alabama what's going on. Yeah. You know what, Paul, here's the deal. Here is the deal. We got along uh, without you before we met you, Caleb and Bond and the rest of them, and we'll get along without you now. That's no problem. Alabama don't need no uh, loser wannabes that that don't know what they're doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing. He's a good player, but he's not very smart in my opinion. i tell you something else. I, I really hey, hey, Jim, Jim I, I, hold on a second. You're, you're attacking a player for what reason? Because he wants to go somewhere else? No, I'm not exactly attacking him. I'm just well, making sure he's a loser. I might have got a little more. I, I meant this, so, Paul. I meant this. Got along before we met you. Going to get along without you now. That's the bottom line. That's that's what I'm saying. That ain't attacking him. That's telling it like it is. You want to argue? Well, well, with that? I mean, listen. I understand what you're saying, but uh, you're also you're talking about. And, and but this isn't. I mean, Let me ask you yeah, something, Paul. Yeah, this is yeah, what okay. gets me with you. Why don't okay. you ever take issue with people like like Griffith yesterday? Uh, other people, people asked me like last night, why didn't Paul come back on him? I said, because Paul wants him. He wants him on the air. He doesn't want to make him mad. He don't mind making me mad because he don't care if I'm on the air. That's the bottom line. That's what makes up people mad about your inconsistency. Well, no, I mean, Paul. listen, I'm, my, I, when, when, we have a, when we invite a guest on the show uh, and I ask him questions, it's, it's his prerogative to say whatever he wants. Now, I did push back a couple of times just to clarify because I, I felt like uh, Mike was – was going all over the place, but but I, I I'm, this is not the uh, the New Hampshire debate. I mean, I'm not I'm not the, I'm not debating somebody. I'm just simply giving him questions, so maybe the audience will learn something. I still don't understand this 
this thing with me about always coming back at me like you're doing now, but you never take issue with I man. You never take issue with a with. Well, Jim, the reason I did that is you called a player a loser and said he wasn't intelligent, and that offended me. I didn't exactly say he wasn't intelligent. Yeah, that's just, what you said. If you want to go back and well, play you the know, tape. I, I thought I do not think he's very smart for leaving Alabama. Well, I, 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 listen, I, you may not think that. I think Caleb Downs is is uh, one of the most important well, players Paul, in the that's entire your country. Opinion, and I've got my opinion. Okay. Can we can we go with that? We can. Well, then why don't you leave it alone? Like you do with the rest of these people. You don't take issue with them, but you always do with me. But let me finish my point. I think John made a great call. John's a smarter guy than ever that I knew he was or thought he was, and he made excellent, outstanding points about what's going on with number 15 Washington. I mean, number 15 uh, Michigan beating beating Alabama and also Washington beating Texas. John by the way, by the way uh, John here. was completely wrong. Michigan was number one in the country when they beat Alabama. They weren't number 15. He's talking about the start of the year. Oh, well, yeah, they, start, they were number three at the beginning of the year, I believe. Well, anyway, that's the point he made. Well, yeah, but his point was wrong because his, his facts were wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul. Just I, I guess I don't have anything to Well, no, to Jim, I'm just, I'm just trying to – one thing we try to do here, uh, we don't care what your, what your opinion is, but we do, we, we do care what the facts are. Well, you speak – Is that fair? You're a factual guy, Paul. You really well, are. Well, I, be, I believe uh, – I'm going to – if you give me one second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you exactly where, where Michigan was ranked before the season because I uh, – I mean, Jim thinks I'm I'm persecuting him, but Michigan was in the top four before the season, I think, weren't they? Yeah, I'm I'm going through the list because I want to I want to make sure we're accurate here, and and that I don't think they were number fifteen when the season began. Do you? Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, they were, uh, John said they were number 15 in the preseason poll. They were number two in the preseason poll. That's why we tried to stipulate that. And, and I, I mean, I don't mind somebody getting mad at me for having the wrong opinion. I do feel like we ought to try to keep facts in the middle of the highway here uh, on this program. So this, so this is the preseason poll. Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU number five, and then you can see the rest of it, not that it really matters anymore. Let's grab one more call here before we uh, talk to uh, Greg Byrne. 
And uh, Bash is up next in Boulder. Bash Paul. How you doing today? We're doing great, Bash. Thank you. Man, that was quite a call from Jim in Tuscaloosa before mine. I think, Paul, the, the main thing that he has a problem with you is, is that you let him talk a lot, like, on and on, and then whenever you cut him off, he always has a problem with it. He goes, you always cut me off, Paul. You never give I, man. You never give Griffith, like, any of these problems. Like, Jim, you're the longest talker on the show, but that's another story. I want to give a good shout-out to the best caller that I heard yesterday, which was Rusty. I thought it was hilarious when he said, my wife's an Auburn fan, and she don't even like I, man. And uh, I agree with Sandra. Dustin is a disgusting man. He needs to learn some Southern manners if he wants to tell a woman to take a seat. In my opinion, it's because no pretty woman has ever sat next to his ugly ass. So that pretty much, pretty much uh, summarizes it there. Now, Paul, I wanted to address... Uh, the interview you had with Griffith yesterday. Do you remember a couple months ago when he said that Dan Lanning is the second best college football coach? Yeah, I do remember that. Let me ask you a couple questions, Paul. Is Dan Lanning better than Kalen DeBoer? Uh, well, he, he, he's lost to him a couple of times. So if he lost to him, that, doesn't, that makes him inferior to him, does it not? In theory, yes. In theory, yes. Would you say he is better than Jim Har? Did he, did Dan Lanning have a better season than Jim Harbaugh? No. Did he have a better season than Kirby Smart? No. Did he have a better season than Mike Norvell? No. Nick Saban. I, I get your point, Bash. We're up against a break, and we have a guest waiting. We will take a short time out here. The athletic director at the University of Alabama, scheduled to be next. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome you back. Uh, we are here on a Wednesday, uh, just under exactly a week ago, when uh, Coach Saban stunned nearly everyone with uh, his announcement of his retirement. Greg Byrne has been uh, at the uh, vanguard of this entire story. He's the uh, director of athletics at the University of Alabama, considered uh, among the preeminent ADs in America. Greg, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you coming on to talk about what everyone is so interested in. I can uh, only imagine what your life has been like. Hey, Paul, good to see you. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting week. A week ago today, actually. And uh, Coach Saban uh, walked into a team meeting at about 4 p.m. and, and uh, let everybody know that he was calling it a career as the head football coach at the University of Alabama. And it was a, certainly a, a moment that none of us wanted to have come to fruition. But uh, at the same time, too, we knew it would at some point, and he deserved that right. Um, but just a remarkable man. He and Miss Terry both uh, with uh, what she did to support him, to support our program as well. And, and we'll forever be grateful for, for both of them. Greg, you are the son of an athletic director, and you, you, this is now, I believe, your third uh, athletic directorship where you've hired coaches and, and, be, and always prepared for whatever moment. But with, with Nick Saban, it just seemed different because nobody wanted to believe he was ever going to step down. Uh, could you consciously think about that day, uh, knowing that it would happen someday, and, and take us through uh, the preparation for getting ready to immediately uh, – go looking for a new coach. 
Yeah, I, I remember, Paul, the day I was hired uh, back seven years ago, and I got asked every interview I did, what's it feel like to be the guy that's going to hire Nick Saban's replacement? And that was a very easy answer. It was like kick the can down the road as far as we could. But, you know, at the same time, too, one of the worst things that I could do as the AD is to not be prepared when that time came. Hope, hopefully it wouldn't come any time in the near future, and it didn't seven years later. Um, but so we obviously had prepared uh, and you do your very best to think about every detail and thought at the same time too, staying very focused on supporting coach Saban, supporting the, the football program every day that he was coaching. And, you know, one of the things I, I've said to a few people in our department over the years, is I said, I think the last day that he's the head football coach at the university of Alabama, he'll put a full day in. And I want to tell you, he did, he was interviewing coaches that morning and we were talking about different things within the program and, and and so with that, we did our very best to try to be prepared when that time came from we, we, we or came. We had a detailed plan of how we would handle our young men on our team, how we would handle our, our staff, how we would handle uh, external communications with the parents, with the uh, um, with the uh, uh, the media uh, across the board, and then how we would go about trying to to find his replacement. And in reality. When we first started even talking about it, we didn't have the transfer portal. We didn't have NIL and all of those things added to the the pressures and the dynamics of what's what's taking place. And and so that's why it was so important to be able to say, let's do this in a concise period of time without a lot of outside distractions. And uh, and so I, and when coach talked to the team, uh, I was sitting in the back or standing in the back of the room. And, and when he said he was retiring, which uh, he and I had been talking about that, um, he, I went up and talked to the team and I just said, you got to give me 72 hours. And hopefully in my eyes at the time, that was the worst case scenario. Um, but hoping we could get done sooner than that. But I felt that was a reasonable amount of time to ask uh, the, the guys on our team. And, uh, and so that, that's what we did. And, and to their credit, uh, they stayed they, they stayed and honored that uh, for the for the most part. And even during that time, I did talk to a few of the guys on the team after after the team meeting and then after I talked to the uh, leadership team as well. And the, and those guys on the leadership team provided great, great uh, support and leadership during that process, too, which was was so helpful. Talking to Greg Byrne and, and Greg, everybody f- thinks they know something and obviously none of us know anything. You, you're you're right there. Uh, but it, it, was there a point at some point during the season, after the championship game, before the Rose Bowl, after the Rose Bowl, where you started to think maybe this is more likely than less likely, maybe it's trending in this direction. No, I, I, I would say, you know, coaches, as everybody knows, he's so focused, right? And he's he's as focused an individual I, as I've ever worked with, and I've been around coaches my entire life. So he didn't even allow that to be part of the conversation until. It, he felt it was at a point where he could even have the conversation. So, I, I, you know, I, I certainly I'm assuming that he and Miss Terry talked uh, about it uh, before he and I talked about it, understandably. Uh, but no, I, he he stayed focused on what the task was at hand. Uh, but I, but at the same time, too, I, and I said this publicly, he did. He didn't surprise me because he had been communicating with me, which I truly appreciate and helped helped us be in the best position that we could be when that time came. There, there are some people that, that wondered, uh, and he certainly uh, allowed that wonderment to occur, that, that he was maybe undecided even before he went in 
to the team meeting. Did you know before that that he was definitely stepping down? I felt he was going to step down going into the meeting, uh, but I, you know, you know, hoping that he wouldn't uh, <laughs> until I actually heard it. I, I didn't want him to truly believe it, right? Uh, and he was, I mean, he's going to, I've said this before, most programs haven't had one iconic coach. Alabama's had two. And it's amazing, you know, it, it, to be able to be, I never met Coach Bryant, obviously, but to be have the success that Coach Saban had and the sustained success that he had, his ability to stay focused on the task at hand and allowing him to to take those things one at a time is truly remarkable. And so I think really as he wrestled with that decision, um, until the words came out of his mouth, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody was quite sure about it. So uh, it was a very difficult decision for him, understandably. I'm glad it was. Um, but, you know, we also at the same time, too, I, and I told him this before. I, I said, Coach, we we don't ever want you to retire, um, but he also deserves the right to retire when he wants to. And and um, but but again, I say that every time I sure as heck hope you don't. From So the moment past and everyone's in a state of shock and while everyone is breaking into whatever programming there is to break into, you have to figure out the means of getting a new coach. Can you take us through that moment from that moment on? Yeah, so as soon as I got done talking to the team, um, I actually headed out of town uh, and uh, and I tried to make some calls as I, I actually, uh, I flew out of Birmingham uh, instead of Tuscaloosa. And uh, as I as I got myself to Birmingham, I made, I made some calls. Uh, I called a, um, some of our former players who had played for Coach Saban, some in the past, talked to Joe Namath. And, and, and many others. And then um, just to get some feedback, see if they had any thoughts that they'd like to uh, give me just to, they've got great perspective. I talked to a, a, few, a few key contributors of ours and I told them, I said, you know, after this point, it's going to be boots to the ground for me. And, and uh, I'm going to be very, very focused on the task at hand. And, uh, and so with that, we, we had been, we had been looking and being prepared for a long time paul and and the, you know they the old saying that ad's got a, a list in his top desk drawer which i never have had but what i've had is uh something that's a fluid list uh that changes in time and and we had vetted probably a couple dozen coaches over the years that we thought okay could they make sense some made a lot more sense than others we had criteria of what we were looking for the reality is none of them fit it right? There was not a perfect candidate that checked every single box, um, except for probably Nick Saban. That would have been it. And unfortunately, uh, uh, he didn't interview for the job this time. Uh, tongue in cheek when I say that. Um, but so that we be began that process of, 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 of talking to a, a few candidates. And I know one of the things you hear out there is, well, you had your first choice, second choice, and I, and I said the press conference, you have plan A, plan B, plan C, but that's not necessarily the order you want th that you have as far as who you want. I think it's irresponsible on my part if I walk into an interview and already say, well, I think this is my third choice, but I'm going to talk to him anyways. I want to be open-minded. I want to be thoughtful in, in the conversation that's going to take place. And so in a lot of ways, you have multiple names on a list, but in some ways it's bullet pointed. It's not even numbered. It's not even lettered. And and that was the approach I took on this one. And uh, you know, as you can imagine, we had we had great interest in the job. Um, it's it it's a it's a premier job. But one of the things I was looking for was I wanted somebody 
because you would hear the line that they'd say, who wants to replace Nick Saban? And that's an easy narrative to create. I wanted it to be a, a different thought process, one who would embrace the challenge, that would who would embrace and, and honor Coach Saban and Miss Terry as well. And I tell you what, when we started, when and Regina, my wife and I were in a, in a hotel room with them in Seattle, um, and immediately I could tell Coach DeBoer was very comfortable in his skin and who he is as a coach and, and looked at this as a challenge and as an opportunity and not as a detriment. And I really believe thoroughly that, that type of attitude was going to be something that would be a, a give us the best opportunity to have success based off of what had happened with our program over the last 17 years under Coach's leadership. And uh, feel very confident. And even watching Coach DeBoer over the last few days and working with him closely. And we've, we've been here, I think last night was the earliest night I've been home. I think I got home at 9.30 last night. But we have been here and his staff is starting to show up, uh, putting the staff together working on the roster, meeting with kids. And then on top of that, another wrinkle I'll give Paul is part of our plan that we had put together is I met with about seven staff members from our football staff. Okay, people like Jeff Allen, uh, Denzel, Chappie, Ashley, Ashley Kimball, um, uh, Ellis Ponder. And I asked them, I said, we are going to proactively divide up the roster, our current roster, and we need to get you boots on the ground, actively engage with them on a daily basis, not waiting for them to call you, but going to them. And all of those people deserve a ton of credit to talk with them. I, I did a video that went out to all the, the players' parents so they could hear from me directly. I obviously couldn't pick up the phone and call all of them. Um, and uh, we, so we had, we had plans in place of things we were going to try to do to manage the situation where we were with, with today's environment. And, and that's what we've been doing. That's what we're continuing to do right now. Speaking, uh, and we're speaking of Greg Byrne, uh, Greg, speaking of right now, and you know, you're in, in the middle of all this, we're at, at a great distance, but a couple of players today have gone in the portal. I know Coach Saban and you and everyone is trying to keep, his, keep this thing together. Uh, can, you, can you address uh, the concerns about losing key players uh, at a time like this? Yeah, you, you absolutely don't like it. You don't like it for uh, the team. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you this, Paul, you, you've been around, you've been in a lot of places. Alabama is such a special place. The investment that we make in our young men and young women across the board for our sports and what we do uh, from an academic support, medical support, mental health, nutrition, across the board is as good as any place in the country. And we've had young men and young women transfer in here from very prominent universities and say, my gosh, I had no idea how good I was going to get treated at Alabama compared to where I came from. And we have young men and young women who have transferred out of here who have called back and said, I didn't know how well I had it at Alabama. And so we have been, we obviously, we don't want that. We, we understand while, why young men and young women at times explore their options. And we try to be very transparent and honest with them during that time. That's the best thing that we can do. But we say it with all the good intentions and the truth that we think this is the best place in the country for, for a student athlete to come to school and, and compete at the highest levels and everything that they do. So uh, it's part of it. It's reality. NIL is part of it. You know, we, we have been uh, very, uh, try to be progressive with our NIL approach. It's reality. I'm wearing my Yay Alabama pullover right now, which we've had almost a thousand new members just since we announced Coach DeBoer. We got we have to continue to get people to sign up and be a part of that because it's a reality of the world we're facing. And we 
you know, Coach Saban did such a great job of continuing to adapt to what the realities of the world are. We're doing, we're going to continue to do the same thing. So, um, you know, if a young man goes into the transfer portal, we try to be very transparent with them and talk with them through that and be strategic with them. Um, and at the same time, too, uh, we won't, uh, we certainly uh, uh, won't fault somebody if they if they are interested in it. But we also are very confident. We think this is the best place in the country by far for anybody to go to school. Greg, finally, uh, we, we all saw Coach Saban uh, on Saturday with Miss Terry, and, uh, and I know that had to be reassuring to Coach DeBoer, especially because he, he recruited all these players at this critical moment. What, what exactly is Nick Saban's role moving forward? He is, uh, he, so he has an office down the street at Bryant-Denny. Uh, he, he is going to be an advisor for us. He, he's been awesome. He and I talked during the coaching search. I mean, somebody asked me, was he involved? I was like, man, I'm, I'm not very smart. Many people know that. But I'm smart enough to know when you have a chance to have Nick Saban involved with with talking about coaching and football and, and decision making and leadership. Shame on me if I don't take advantage of that. And so we're uh, uh, he, he and I talked this morning. He's been very helpful trying to uh, talk to the young men that he's recruited here and uh, again say this is we're in a really good spot going forward. Um, and uh, he'll continue to uh, to be here and be part of our program, and we're very happy for that. And and, and I'll tell you, I'll give Coach DeBoer a ton of credit. He's embraced that, as he should, and that's that's a great approach to take. Before you go, I want to give a shout-out to your wife, Regina, who I know played a big role. I've, I've always been a big fan of hers, as you know, and uh, I think uh, that was very smart to uh, take her along. Well, thank you, Paul. She's uh, she's We've been together on this journey. We'll be married 30 years in May, and and she has a great read of people. People love her. Uh, and I knew when I, we sat down, her and Nicole DeBoer hit it off right off the bat. And they've been actually out looking at houses and all those different things. Nicole's on back in Seattle now. Um, but I appreciate it. She's, she's got a great read on people. Uh, maybe when I retire, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Dan Mullen would not have been the head football coach at Mississippi State if it wasn't for Regina Byrne. I'll, I'll put it to I'll, that. I'll, I'll give the rest of the story down the road, but th that's the God's honest truth. Well, make her available for the next interview. We want to get the scoop. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. I Greg, thank it, you. Paul. I know it's been a All very right. hectic week. We appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Roll Tide. Got it. Greg Byrne uh, joining us uh, on as we hit the one week uh, anniversary. Uh, of Coach Saban's retirement in, in about an hour. A uh, very enlightening conversation there, and we will take a short break. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Back, and Adina is first up with reaction to what Greg Burns said. Hello, Adina. Hey, it's good to hear your voice again. Thank um, you. I thought that was an exceptional interview with him, and um, once I heard the news about Nick, I just kind of, I didn't listen anymore. I tried to keep social media down, because um, it's just been kind of a, a grieving, as I would think any kind of a change would be, but... And that was a pretty big one. But I was thinking about how disappointed, you know, at the Rose Bowl, even though it really was a fun time, and how everybody was fussing about that. And we thought it was bad. We just didn't know what was fixing to happen. And I think that that's such a life lesson when you've had a little disappointment is be grateful because it could always change. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I was at that game and, I was at the last Nick at noon, and I think the sadness for me is because Nick probably really um, went through a lot before he made that decision. It probably pained him, you know, and I'm just kind of sad and, and excited for him that he's got a, got a new chapter in his life. Adina, thank you very, very much. Uh, we appreciate it. We also thank Greg Byrne for joining us. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.